Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Warning. The following is the officially sanctioned podcast about the show about four lifelong friends who compete to embarrass each other in public. You know the one. The official Impractical Jokers Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the official Impractical Jokers podcast. Official. You've been waiting for it, and here it is. This is going to be weekly. After every episode, you're going to get a podcast, boom, right into wherever you listen to podcasts. Right where you listen. I am Casey Jost. You probably know me if you've watched the episodes. He's the best. But this whispering man across from me, this hunk, is James McCarthy. Thanks, Casey. Supervising producer on the show, James. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's great we get to do this together. It is really fun. We've got to do a lot together. We've done comedy together for a long time. I think around when the show started, but you came onto the show around season two? Season two. two Yeah, at the end of season two. And we did like improv together for years. I did comedy with your wife before that. Yeah. This is about Impractical (laughs) Jokers. And what we're going to do is break down the episodes... Um, we'll talk about it. We're going to have the guys on sometimes. We're going to have people from the the cast and crew of Impractical Jokers. It's going to be really fun. This it's going to be great. And we're actually filming in the office. We're in the office right now at uh, North South, South Production. Production. Yeah. I forget where we are sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. We just show up. Yeah, this is the Joker. I call it the Joker's HQ. Yeah, that's a good thing to call it without right. giving away our exact location. Today we're going to be talking about this episode. A lot of really funny stuff in this episode. It's great. Really good. Great episode. A lot of laughs. I, well, you and I were, were watching the episode with our own respective headphones on, listening and laughing at probably different points or maybe the same points. Well, yeah, it's so funny because like we're like, all right, let's... Okay, normally, the way we watch the show as a group, mm-hmm. on Friday mornings, we'll come into the office, we'll get breakfast, and we'll watch it on TV together. So yeah. like, even if you watch it the night before, we'll still do like a breakfast. Mm-hmm. This one, we got like a rough cut beforehand so we could record the podcast. And it was just funny to, you put on your headphones, I put on my headphones. We hit play at the same time and then immediately see each other yeah. laugh. Like as soon as it starts, like right off the intro, Joe got me with just smile, bitches. Yeah. Like right at the yeah. top, like Gatto will make me laugh every time. I got a question for you because uh-huh. I saw you lose it. What was like your biggest uh-huh. laugh of the episode? Okay. It's got to be Peeps When I Toot Toot. Peeps When I Toot Toot is great. Peeps When I Toot Toot, it's a bullseye in terms of like what I find funny. I'm going to mess up this quote, but Louis C.K. said, you don't have to be smart to like a fart joke, but you have to be dumb not to. That's and good. I think, yeah, and I think that's like the wheelhouse of like what I find funny too. It's just like, yeah, it's so, that was one of my favorites. This whole episode, just as an arc, was like a lot of these intimate one-on-one things. Yeah. You know, the photography, that's just, that's so intimate. And that, I, those are my favorite challenges on the yeah. show because it's just one-on-one, you say something and it really resonates because there's nothing else really happening. What was your biggest laugh? Oh, I mean, I'm not going, I'm not straying far from Peeves When I Toot Toot, but mm-hmm. it's going to be Sal Volcano, biggest pet peeve. When I, yeah. Or the biggest one I ever saw was on my aunt's Great Dane. That was my, I, I think I just like it so much when somebody misunderstands it. Mm-hmm. When, you, when somebody misunderstands something and then 
they think they know exactly what they're talking about. So it's like, what's your biggest pet peeve? My aunt's great Dane had a pretty big one. Right. Like it's, it's like, like a, oh yeah, he thought the entire time he's talking about the uh, ding dong of a great Dan. Like that was a question on the question. Wait, wait, that's what you think it means? Not, yeah. I thought a pet peeve in that. Oh, that's so, that's so funny that we thought different things, but still found it funny. What'd you think it was? Oh, this is, this is why this podcast rolls. I thought <laughs> a, like a, a pet peeve on a great Dane. This is, I'm an idiot. First of all, I'm an idiot. I thought it was like a tick or a bug or something like a pet peeve, but that's, that's way better. I'm so dumb. Uh, it's, it's squirrely means ding dong in that's, that scenario. That is so stupid that I, I mean, now it could mean nothing else. Yeah. 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 Wow. That was a good one. And then also... Um, three words to describe yourself for Sal, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican Santa. So quick. And just like the way he like spits it out there. Yeah. It's fantastic. Here's a question. So when the episode started and it was, yeah. uh, it was cause Sal came out wearing the, the, the hat. Yeah. At like the beret, like the French beret. And yes, exactly. And then Gatto came out with the same, a yeah. similar thing later. Yeah. I love when they do outfits. Sal loves to do that. Like he wore the, um, at the music store, he had like a little uh, diamond earring. Great. Or when he did the art museum and he had the goth makeup. Yep, the really eye makeup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a really fun thing. But the middle fingers thing, I think. I, 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 so we watched a rough cut. Do you think they'll blur it? Yeah, they'll blur it. Was it blurred? Yeah, they have to blur it. So we watched a cut unblurred. How fun is that? I know. And our eyes. We can't unsee that. We saw the middle finger. That's right. They subjected us to it. Yeah, the, F- the FCC is saving you from seeing a middle finger yeah. over and over. Unless maybe they, you know, maybe they take the risk and they, they go with middle fingers. We'll find out. Let us know. Well, this is when we bring Danny Green in. A person standing always on the sidelines is Danny Green. And we got him a mic for this podcast. Thanks, guys. So, Danny, uh, first of all, tell everyone, if you're not familiar with Danny Green, what do you do? I produce uh, most of the extra content for Impractical Jokers, the web material, now the podcast, the pre-shows that we're going to do, the live pre-shows. Casey, you're hosting one coming up. By the time this airs, uh, it'll already have been done, but from Comic-Con in San Diego in front of, I don't want to make you nervous, but there might be 15,000 people there. That's nothing. No? Okay, great. I Usually, my minimum is 20,000. Okay, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I don't show up if there's... If yeah, there's you got to bump that up, Danny. Less than 20,000. You got to produce that, Danny. Come on. Yeah. It's only 5K. So have we ever let a middle finger be on the, the show? No. No. True TV has not had a middle finger probably since Ron Shirley back in 2009, yeah. Wow. We'll keep trying. Okay. Who's Ron Shirley? From Lizard Lick Towing? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ron, Ron. All right, so no middle fingers. No middle fingers. What can we get away with? You can say ass. Wow. Ass. That's good. Ass. So now this first challenge, right, uh, was I'm just jump back into the photography oh, yeah. because like I love having like an inside man on these like shoots. And yep. so in order to get this photo studio that you saw in this challenge, we used Joe Papio, who's yep. like an old school friend of the guys. His Instagram is at I rock the shot. And he, he's got some really oh. good photos of the guys. He's got great ones of them on tour. Yeah. And he's in the bit. He's there. Sitting down on the on the floor. Yeah, Joseph, they make him sit on the floor. And he also like banters back a little bit. <laughs> and that's where Always Take the Biscuit came from. Exactly. Yeah. If he wasn't there, we wouldn't have my favorite line of the night, Always Take the oh, Biscuit. Oh, yeah, because he just improvised. He just yelled that out. You want a biscuit? Yeah, the guys didn't tell him to say that. He just yelled it. Always Take the Biscuit. Another great line from this was Night Night Forever, which is, I want to give a little bit of credit. Like, you started saying that Night Night well, yeah, I mean, that's like the other thing about this show is like Night Night Forever actually comes from like my group of friends from hanging out. My buddy Bobby would say it all the time. But it's one of those things where it's like you start saying it with your group of friends and then then we're hanging out with the guys and we're saying it with the guys. And it mm-hmm. just like seeps into their vocabulary, right. too, 
where it's that thing where it's like, well, I, well yeah, I think Q had to say it. Like Joe's like, come on, it's like one more. And then it's night close night. your eyes and then it's night night forever. Like one more time. He, he said it a few times on the show, but it's just one of those phrases that it's like you say around the office enough and then it's just like in your head. We're going to jump into the second challenge right after this. Welcome back to the official and practical Jokers podcast. My name is Casey Jost. And I'm James McCarthy. And we are producers on the show and practical Jokers, and we're deep diving into the episode. And now it's time for the second challenge. Uh, second challenge was the focus group. And now, I mean, this one's brilliant. Like they're in the cast. They're like, it looks like their arm is broken. It's the best game. It's so good. It's even better in real life. I was on on set set. every time they've done this. I'm not always on set, but I was there every time they filmed it. Mm -hmm. So this is the game where the guys go out in a cast and they need uh, a stranger to write down their answers for them for this focus group. So before they even go into the focus group, this stranger has to write down their answers. And of course, the other guys are telling them what to say. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible because it plays out in real time. Like You don't even get to see it all the time on TV because it's cut down for time. But when they give them a line like the biggest one I ever saw is my aunt's great Dane. It's quick to say, but it takes you another 20 seconds to write to down. write it. And yeah. like sometimes like the like stranger saying it under their breath where it's like the biggest one I ever saw is my aunt's great Dane. It's just like <laughs> killing everybody in like the BTS. And now this is like, like I said, intimate. This is even more intimate than mm-hmm. taking photos of another person. This is that person's writing down as you, you know, something like on a like on a chart or something. I mean, that that is the epitome of intimate. You're like you're like sitting next to each other. And I love how the bit starts sometimes, where like you know, like a Sal will be like having trouble, and a person's like, "Can I help you?" Sometimes it's hard to like you know you know work with these. We call them like marks. Yeah. You know, like that's the term. But it's hard to kind of engage them. And this is like they're throwing themselves at the guys, which is such a flip. It's great. Like same in like the Hawaii episode when the guys were out trying oh. to get proposals. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even need to approach the the marks. Like the marks just come right up to them. And they're like, "Oh my god, you're going to propose!" Like they they kind of sense that it's going to happen. And it's always awesome when people do that. So cool. That's a great bit. It's a trap. It's a spider. Yeah. It's really just a spider web. This cast is a spider web, and it just it catches the strangers, and then they're into the bit. But Although- jo- Joe's turn was so funny in this. Like when even that line where it's um. This this is one of my big laughs, and I I looked at you, and I was like, oh, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. When he's like, uh, what's one of your pet peeves? When his wife leaves the toilet seat up. Yeah, that's like, great. That's one that like again they fed it to Joe. Joe like loved the idea of it. It's like it's extra loaded because Joe is married. I know. It's like, I think they do that to Joe now to try to get him to lose because he never loses. Right. It's like if they get him to maybe say something about his wife, maybe he won't say it because mm-hmm. he's afraid that she'll watch him and be mad. As a guy who will do anything, he's like kind of crazy. He also doesn't want to offend anyone, especially his wife. Oh, yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. No. You'd rather get punished than piss off your wife. Of course not. Yeah. That being said, Bessie is probably hard to piss off. She's a delightful person. Oh, super nice. Yeah. And like, you know, she gets it. She she knows the show. Yeah. She's seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's seen it a few times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's been on. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. And Joe would not kiss. I think he still said that's like the hardest thing he's ever had to do. Right. Was that time when he's like sitting down, they asked him, 
he had a, the goal, the goal was to kiss the actor and the actor, it's like this like beautiful girl right across from him. But then they bring in Bessie, his wife to sit next to him. He's like, all right. She's like, are you going to kiss this girl or what? And yeah. he just couldn't do it. So he had to take the L. I love like, a, I love when the, when like a turn or challenge like takes that turn, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's like, oh, you're going to know who the actor is, but what's going to make it extra hard is that actor is next to your wife. So a little behind the scenes on this one part of the bit, uh, it was a rejection line from Murr. Which means, like, oh, the line that he rejected. Right, exactly. So he, he ended up losing on it. Um, it was, uh, Sal told him to say, he, like, what was his proudest moment? And Sal told him to say the time he successfully riffed off a coworker's N-word joke at a party. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't say it. And so it's, like, his lost line. So a little bit of behind the scenes, basically, we film a lot. It gets cut down, and we send it out to the network. And the network was like, hey, guys, can we lose like, this line? Yeah, yeah, or like bleep it or something like that. And the guy's <laughs> like, no, you got to keep it in. It's what happened on the show. And so when we were fighting back on it, one of the things we sent to the network was a clip from The Office mm-hmm. of my, it's, I think it's the second episode of The Office, of The American Office, where Michael Scott, uh, Steve Carell's character, is doing Chris Rock's stand up at a diversity day. Yeah. And so it's Steve Carell. And they believe it on that show, but it's Steve Carell dropping the N-word a wow. bunch of times and everyone's just staring at him. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times like the way I think about our show. It's almost like the other guys like in the BTS are like saying things they'd want to see Michael Scott say <laughs> because you're trying to see your friend get embarrassed. So you're trying to see like what the worst thing right. he could say is. So it's like, okay, what would Michael, if Michael Scott would say this would work on our show mm-hmm. is like one way that I think about the show. Also, it's how I like describe it to people that haven't seen it. Where it's like, oh, you haven't seen the show? It's like, well, imagine like guys that like have to act like Michael Scott, yeah. basically, and in public. And it's, what's amazing is like there are certain lines that, I mean, you could say in front of different people, but it's because like, you know, race or gender or anything like will come into play. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, a, like the only times that Joe really gets um, a thumbs down is when he has to say something to a woman. So like they know that that's like a, a weakness of his. Yeah, the one that always jumps to my mind is the time uh, tell a woman she's a ten trapped in a six's body. Sure. And yeah. it's like, yeah, there's no way he's saying it. He'd say it to us. And this show is we're saying that these are not nice things to say in public. Oh, they're terrible know? things to say. So, and I think the audience knows that. So and also to go back like with the network, it's never a fight. It's never like I mean when we, we use the word fight because it's like a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think like because you know, that's, it's like an easy way to describe, you know, the thing, but it really, the network is so cool. But, uh, so yeah, that bit, so that got, that got to stay that line. All right. Now it's time to talk about this punishment. So this was a triple punishment. Yeah. Which doesn't happen too much. So it happened on the the, last time Joe had it. He tattooed the guys. Mm -hmm. There's also Q falls. That's when, uh, the plank. Yeah. Yeah. The plank, they all have to jump, you know, off the wall or, or answer questions and maybe jump off a plank, which is fun. So that was, uh, that's another triple punishment. Were there any others? What's so funny is when we try to think of them, it's like we can't. And there's so, like, so many of you guys out there are just like, you can list off the triple yeah. punishment so much faster. I know. It's even more insane when you ask the guys, and like, maybe they'll yell at me for saying this, but like, I can ask like, Sal, like, oh, what, what about this game last week? He's like, what did we do last week? I have no idea. Right. Because every day is just like a different game, a different mm-hmm. challenge where they're just like thrown into a ridiculous situation and have to make a fool of themselves. And when you're so in it, 
it's hard sometimes to be a fan of your own stuff. It's also people don't really love to hear a person like <laughs> love themselves. You know what I mean? So Q's off, Q is often like, I don't watch the show. Sal said the same thing the other day. It's so funny. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like Johnny Depp says he doesn't watch his movies. That makes sense. I could see Johnny Depp not watching his movies. I don't really like to watch some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp loves us though. No, I, I, I I'm a big Johnny. No, I, I just, I think I just started a Twitter war with Johnny Depp oh, crap. just from saying that he's probably going to come at me. There's no way he does Twitter. You don't think so? No way. Guy's got his own private island. I want to look. I right bet now. he has a Twitter, but somebody else runs it. He's got an intern that runs that or something. You think he? I don't know. I, I I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have a Twitter. He might not. Depp official. Johnny Depp. Tweet I, at Johnny Depp and tell him I'm watching Practical Jokers. I'd love to have him on. Johnny Depp has there's there's at real Depp, <laughs> but I it's it's it says Johnny Depp fan account. So there's no real Depp. There is no real Depp. How sad? How sad is that? It stinks. There are a lot of um, celebrities that love the show, and that's really cool. Yeah, Steve Carell is one of them. Yeah. He's, a, he's a fan. I think him and Joe tweeted at each other. Mm. Jeff Daniels said he loves the show. For me, Bruno Mars. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty insane. He's like our modern prince, Michael Jackson, James yeah. Brown. Like all, the, all three of them put together. He's really good. The guy's got to go on stage. At a Bruno Mars concert. I know. Which is insane. Isn't it funny? Whenever they get these opportunities, the first instinct is like, how can we make this a punishment? And then like one other guy's just like, guys, can we just enjoy something for once? I know. But then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, how should we punish Murr? It's like, it's always, there's always these times that they want to. And it still might happen. That's the thing is like, they really have no idea. And that's kind of weird. I just think about anytime you go out, you go to a Giants game, mm-hmm. you go to a Bruno Mars concert, you go anywhere. It's like you might be walking into a punishment. Yeah. You go to your niece's uh, confirmation. For what I've gathered, though, it's better to be surprised with a punishment because if you, if you wake up and you know that that day you have a punishment, the guys are like, we dread that day. If it's my punishment, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, what kind of stuff do I have to do? Am I going to, is it going to be like a gross one? Is it going to be like, do I have to jump out of a a plane or a helicopter? Yeah. You know, is it going to be just like a psychological one? Is it going to try to take cigarettes out of people's mouths? You know, so they wake up and they hate it. So a surprise is actually nice. That's true. It also depends who it is. Like Mm -hmm. if it's Sal, he asks a bunch of questions. Him and Murray ask the most questions about what their punishment might be. So right. like when they're showing up to set, they're like, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Like, mm-hmm. is it this? Is it that? And Q's pretty chill about it. Mm. He'll take his lump. Same with Joe. Well, this episode had the, you know, the three men and the baby punishment. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would say that that's not hard because I think a lot of people have kids and these guys do not have kids. No, and they're bad with them. Like, yeah, Q was terrified. Like, and that's another thing. Like, you see it a lot, especially in, like the Impractical Insider at the end. Like, Q said the same thing about a kid as he did with having spiders on him. Yeah, which was he's like, I'm not. Look, he's like, it's not like I don't like kids. It, it's that he's afraid he's going to hurt them. Like, he yeah. didn't want a spider on him because he was afraid he was going to crush a spider. He didn't out of want like a hold reflex. It. Yeah, yeah, out of like a reflex. Like, you think so? You think that he would want to crush a kid? He doesn't know what to do. He's scared. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he was afraid he was like going to drop it or right. like do anything to it. So when you watch him hold a kid, mm-hmm. it's not the way that uh, a nurturing person <laughs> right. would go and grab a kid and like kind of cradle it. He's holding it like it is like a Fabergé egg that right. can't drop. And he's like, it's like out, he's holding his arms out extended, just like making sure it doesn't fall. It's not like he's like 
cradling it in a loving way. They're not having fun with kids. And Gatto has fun with kids. He's got a kid. He has fun with his daughter. He also has a ton of nephews and, and, and nieces who, who at a young age, he would play around and be the fun uncle. Whereas Sal and Murr, they have good relationships with their nieces and nephews, yeah. but only now that they're at an older age. But if you give them those babies, they don't know what to do with it. Sal's a germaphobe. He's like, you know, he doesn't know what to do. They weren't doing diaper duty. No. Yeah. And I don't think, I, you know, seeing this punishment, you're like, you're, they're not prepared for it. And that's the thing you can really tell when you're watching it. They're like, I don't want to hurt these people. And right. like they're, they're terrified. Oh, yeah. Also, they are some of the best comedians I've ever seen on TV and some of the worst hosts for an infomercial ever. <laughs> well, yeah, they're definitely, it was like a little bit stilted, but it's going back to what you said when it's your punishment, when you don't know what's happening. And right. like, you're just afraid the next line is going to say... Like, you're going to have to change a dirty diaper or, like, the nasal aspirator that for thing, Sal. I would hate to do that. That's gross. Um, but this was a fun punishment, and Joe had to make that whole script, but you helped him with that. Yeah. So that's something that you did for the show that I'd love to talk about. Well, that's fun about the triple punishments is, like, then it's, like, Joe's just, like, bouncing ideas off us. Right. And it, it and it's great. It's just, like, so fun to watch him work through something where... where Again, it's like a blank canvas when you start, and then he's like figuring out all the toys he wants. Like, okay, I want a nasal aspirator for sure. They're never going to figure out the stroller. Mm-hmm. I want to see like them change a diaper. Then him trying to figure out who will like get each one, who's going to be like the most grossed out by what. Joe is a quarterback. Oh yeah. When it comes to the show, Joe can can sort of tell everyone where to go, facilitate things as needed. Like when you lose, you're up against Joe. Unless it's Joe's punishment, the other three guys think something for him. But yeah. but that's that's always a little bit harder because Joe always knows what he wants. He's good at telling people what to do. He's had experience in like leading teams. He is the Peyton Manning of impractical jokers. He gets to the line. Because he's like he is the quarterback, but he's also kind of like head coach, offensive coordinator when he's out there. Yeah, he's making audibles on on the spot. Mm. Um, you know, he's he's a Peyton Manning. He's like always he does slam dunks, and he's um, <laughs> this is what I was excited about. Because when you said he's the quarterback of the show, I was like, Casey knows a little bit about football. <laughs> I know. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like the Tony Hawk. Uh, you know, he really always does the nine hundred. Yeah, Tony Hawk of the show would be. Oh yeah, this Mer? is great. Oh, let's let's try to make for each of the guys. Let's try to make a sports analogy. Oh, so right. I am not going to be good at this, but that's why I'm going to put that ball in your court. See what I just did there? Boom! You're good at that. You know the phrases. <laughs> um, Who do you got for each guy? Peyton Manning is definitely in jail. Awesome. Are we keeping it to football or any sport? Any sport. Okay. You could say Michelle Kwan if you want for for Mur. No, she's way too technically sound. Okay, good, good. Way too technically sound to be James Murray. I'll let you. I'll let you do. What are you? I'm trying, I'm trying to dig myself in a hole with my boss, James <laughs> Murray, because he's like, he's a master planner. Mm. Everyone feel. Everyone feels like he gets picked on by the other guys, but he's so funny, and he ends up being triumphant in the end. Oh, so okay, so maybe he's so like I a Ryan he's Lochte. Like, no, bigger <laughs> than Lochte. He's better than Lochte. He's like Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. Getting all the hate from the media this year. Because he left Oklahoma City and went to Golden State. Stay with me if you're not a sports fan. But he gets gets picked on by all these people. And then he comes up big in the clutch moments and he gets to be NBA Finals MVP. Beautiful, beautiful analogy. What are we thinking for Sal and Q? Sal, he's got all those like superstitions. Honestly, he's Wade Boggs. Third baseman, Boston Red Sox, New York Yankees. That's who Sal is. And for a couple of reasons. 
Uh, Wade I was Boggs, hoping you would just leave it at that. No, Wade, that's it. That's why. Wade Boggs <laughs> ate chicken every day before the game. That's something that Sal does. But not only that, like, Sal, as you know, he's got seven things that he hates. And uh-huh. what is it? Like, traffic, wind. Yeah, uh, pointy objects. Pointy objects, yeah. all that crap. It feels like something Boggs would be superstitious about. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Sal was a bar owner. Wade Boggs famously drank like 65 beers on a flight from Boston to Arizona. That's like the legend. It's something like that. Wow. The It's Always Sunny did an episode about it. Huh. It was like their season premiere, I think, a couple of seasons ago. Wow. Yeah. So that's great. So uh, all we need left is Q. What are you thinking? Q, he's laid back, mm. but also really funny. He's good with whatever happened. He's kind of he's like, a real people's person too. He's a people's you know? person. He's like a he's like a city job fireman. You know, mm-hmm. like salt of the earth kind of guy. That I think that's a big part of his personality. You know who he is? Who's he? Eli Manning. Whoa! We got two Mannings. We got two Mannings. Yeah, and they get along, right? They get along great. Oh, uh, and that's just like and that's just like Joe and Q. I mean, all the guys get along great. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, no. <laughs> but but there is so funny though. Like yeah, like but they do get along great, and it's like. Q's just like, he's down with whatever. He'll show up and be like, what are we doing? Great. And then mm-hmm. when you need to, he's going to fit that ball in the little hole on the sidelines to Mario Manningham or get the ball to stick to David Tyree's helmet and he's oh, going to yeah, win course. two Super Bowls. David Tyree's helmet and Mr. David Mr. Madman. Mr. Madman. Well, I don't know. Mario Manningham. I'm such a... To recap, Joe's Payton. Yeah. Q's Eli. Wow. Sal's Wade Boggs. What a team. And Murr's Kevin Durant. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Now, this is very important. This is the business, but we would love for you to subscribe. You know, I, this this episode was perfect, but I'm sure they're just going to get better and better. You're on the ground floor, so please hit that subscribe. We're on a, a trajectory that's going to go nowhere but up. Mm-hmm. Infinitely. It's like one of those charts, but then it breaks mm-hmm. through the chart. Yeah, and where it goes up is to the stars, and you want to click five stars for how good this podcast is in iTunes. That's right, and maybe leave a little comment. Leave a comment, a positive comment would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The more positivity you put into the internet, the more you get back in real life. Yeah. Oh, I think and that's also a fact. I think that's a fact. And also, if you guys have any questions for us about the show or anything else, let us know. Tweet at us. You could definitely use at Casey Jost and at Mick James McCarthy, but we'll also have a Twitter for this podcast. You'll find it. Yeah, and because uh, this is a podcast for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we just want to make your listening experience even better. So. Hit us up with any any questions you got, and we'll try to get them answered. And if you do have a question, you could use hashtag Joker's Podcast, and we'll answer it up. Answer it up? Yeah, that made sense to me. Good. Thank you so much for listening. Love Thanks you. for listening. Love you. I love you. Bye.